two dudes in a cage. We are back for another analysis and prediction event. UFC 282. We are your hosts. I'm Charles Clark. And I'm Matt Johnson. And this card is absolutely stacked, Matt. I'm so excited about this one. What about last week's fights, though? Man, that main event versus Kevin Holland and Stephen Thompson. Man, dude, that was a great fight. What'd you think about that? You know, I like the first round, the gentleman's agreement of we're just going to stand and bang. Yeah. And Stephen Thompson, 39 years old, looks amazing. I... I don't know what kind what kind of stuff's in the South Carolina water, but he looked like in his prime. Let me get some of that. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, it gives it gives me I know watching him fight gives me hope that maybe I can still have a couple good performances in me, you know, yeah. at my age. I was like, man, the dude is fast. He is just on point. Like that's that's what I hope to strike like, but probably never will. <laughs> Kevin Holland has the hardest head in the UFC. Dude, he was—he took some heavy shots from Thompson. That's what I was thinking too. Like, man, those were some hard shots. Yeah, you know it's hard when, like, obviously, you know, your hand is weak. That's why you have to tape it up, and but just taking those shots on his hand, and a wheel kick breaks your hand. That's ridiculous. Got to hurt blocking it, and oh yeah. man, I can, ooh, hit right right on the heel. Yeah. Oh, and I heard um, I heard uh, Holland's gonna need surgery too. Yeah. So, and you got messed. I I like that the corner. I mean, obviously, but I know the commentator said the corner stopped it, but right before Perez turned around and waved it off, Holland said, "You got to get this glove off my hand." So. Holland knew, you know, he couldn't win because he couldn't throw his most powerful strike with his, his right hand. And the the corner is just saying, you know, let's get healthy and stay, be able to fight another day. You don't yeah. see that often. It, it was good oh. to see. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It was. It was. You're right. I did like that. That, that was good. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, enough about that event. Let's get into UFC 282. What do we got first? All right, so the first fight is Cameron Saman versus Steven Coslow. Both of them are, you know, first fights in the UFC. Both are undefeated. Yeah. Both are grapplers, which is good for Cameron because he was going to fight Ronnie Lawrence, you know, out of, out of Tennessee. And... Mm-hmm. Both of those were grapplers as well. So he didn't have to really change his fight camp to get prepared for this. I'm sure Kozlo, you know, coming off the regional circuit, constantly training because you take first any opportunity you get, you're going to take it to better your career. So I'm assuming both of them are going to be in shape, ready to fight. It's going to be a technical grappling match, but I I think Cameron's going to get it done. Yeah, yeah. Man, I'm, I'm definitely with you on this one. I think Cameron's taking this one home, but I, I'm really interested in this matchup as well because both these guys, like you said, they're they're coming in to fight. They're going to be in great shape, undefeated. Uh, I mean, Cameron has four KOs, one sub. Uh, Steven has six subs. So, I mean, Cameron may, may have to watch out for that takedown and, 
and a sub finish. But uh, other than that, I, I think Cameron's going to get the victory here. Should be a, a good first fight uh, with two up-and-coming prospects. Man, next up, though, we have Vinicius Salvador versus Daniel De Silva. Man, Vinicius, man, most people don't know who this guy is, but he's got 13 KOs, man, and one sub. It's pretty impressive. As whereas Daniel, he's a boxer, and he has five KOs and six subs. Uh, I think Daniel tries to focus on his boxing a little too much in MMA fights, and that might get him into a little bit of trouble here because Vinicius has 13 KOs on his record. He probably doesn't want to play a boxing game with him, but I think he probably will, and he probably won't try and get a takedown on him. And it's gonna cost him the fight, so I'm picking Vinicius to win. Yep, two for two. I agree. Uh, Vinicius, he's he's a striker, mad power. He, mm-hmm. His one submission is a knee bar, which is crazy. Right. Uh, da Silva, like you said, you know he's a boxer. He is well rounded, though. He's got good, you know, submissions. He does have knockout power, but. He doesn't really shoot for takedowns, and I think that's going to be his downfall in this fight. A worry for Salvador is nine of his finishes have been in the first round. Silva could try to push him into the deeper water, but without using takedowns, it's not going to happen, and Salvador's going to get the victory. Yeah. Yeah, if he just tries to push a boxing pace on him, it's probably not going to be good enough to wear him down. Yeah. yeah it, but if he mixed in takedowns, he'd start breathing a lot harder. Yeah. 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 So. All so you don't right. have to worry about him grinding it out, probably. Yeah. Which I would love to see De Silva grind, but he's just never really done it in any of his fights, and I don't see it changing now. Right. Right. Next fight. This is this is gonna be a good one. We got TJ Brown versus Eric Silva. So TJ, you know, really good takedown success. He's, uh, he is a grappler, and his striking accuracy isn't too bad. He's forty four percent, but he does really well when he changes his levels. He's got the uh, the dominant crew style of level change, which is good. Silva is a grappler that has 71% striking accuracy. And, you know, Brown is a consistent fighter. He holds a good pace, and he does really well mixing it up. And I think that Silva is going to get a takedown, and he's got that smother style, and that's going to give him the edge. So I'm going with Eric Silva in this one. Nice, nice. TJ, he's a BJJ black belt. Got four KOs, nine subs. You know he can finish a fight. Eric, three KOs, four subs. Man, this is pretty much, this is, uh, the odds are, this is a pick em fight. They're saying these guys are, are pretty evenly matched. Um, what I see, uh, I think Eric Silva was like nine and one, where TJ Brown is like 16 and, and eight or something and nine. He um, He's racked up quite a few losses. Um, I, I feel like Eric Silva's kind of still coming up um, and and I think he's probably going to be a little bit more hungry and want it more in this fight and that's why I'm picking Eric to win too yeah 
for sure. Ooh, next up, my boy OSP from Knoxville, Tennessee. I've seen him fight live like three times versus Antonio Tricoli. Man, OSP, shout out Tennessee, Knoxville. Uh, he's a BJJ brown belt. He's got 11 KOs, nine subs. What, what What's good about OSP is just he's a natural athlete. He was a wrestler. Uh, he paid, played collegiate football for the University of Tennessee. Uh, he's mostly known for his Von Flu wind chokes. He has like four of them, something, something like that. He's got a lot of them, but he also has a lot of KO power. Antonio Tricoli, man, he's got three, sub, three KOs, five subs. He's coming from Dana White Contender Series. Um, so when, when I look at him versus OSP, I, I just see someone that's really young and and newer to the game compared to OSP, who's been fighting for a long time professionally and been an athlete for a long time. Um, I, I do know he's getting older and he's he's kind of had some rough patches, but I feel like OSP is going to win this one. Yeah, talk about veteran versus newcomer. And yeah. This is a good fight for Tricoli because, like you said, you know OSP has had his ups and downs, but OSP is always dangerous because he's he when he gets those Von Flues, the the opponent doesn't know that he has it until they're tapping. Yeah. That's how smooth he is with that, and it just shows the amount of practice he's had. He's well rounded. And I, I just, can't ever get a long fluid practice. <laughs> never. It's hard. I just I think Tricoli is he's gonna be a good opponent, but his experience is gonna be his downfall in this one. And I I'm gonna say OSP is gonna get get back to the winning column. Let's go. Alright. By the way, that one was another one that was added to this card. They're just adding them on. Cause Gustafson fell out. Yeah, which uh, it's, I'm glad they did that, actually. Uh, yeah, get these fighters in. You know, last big card. All right, yeah. next fight. I'm going to switch it up. We got Alexander the Great Hernandez versus Billy Corntillo. Well, what can we say about Billy other than, you know, he's a BJJ black belt. But his takedowns, it's weird. He's a... BJJ black belt, but his takedowns aren't the best. He pulls guard. Yeah, pulls guard, maybe gets a trip, but he's very telegraphic when he tries to do it. And, sorry. All right, we're back. Uh, Alex Hernandez, he's coming down in weight. He, he usually fights at 155. He's coming down to 145, so he's going to be the bigger guy. But... He was doing really good till he met Cerrone and yep. got completely demolished. But I think he's a good striker, but Billy's going to get it done. He's more accurate, and he's more comfortable on the ground. So I'm going with Billy. Yeah. Yeah. I like I like Billy. Uh, uh, he, he pushes the pace kind of like Michael Chandler in a fight. Um, he's, he's very aggressive. Which I need to learn from. I need to be more aggressive. Well, we're not talking about me. I don't know why I keep mentioning me. Sorry. 
Uh, Billy is a BJJ black belt. He's got eight KOs, five subs. Yeah, yeah. I, I really like his in-your-face style, honestly. Um, Alexander's a black belt as well. Six KOs, two subs. But I think it's like you said. I think I think this will primarily be more of a striking match, and I think Billy is the better striker. He's more accurate. Uh, he's more efficient with his strikes. He'll, he'll just be more on point. Um, I am picking Billy to win. I didn't know that Alexander coming down and wait. Um, I, I don't like that. That could be bad for Billy. Um, uh, but I'm still going to pick Billy. It could be bad for Alexander because this yeah, is his, yeah. it's his first fight. And we have seen a lot of you know fighters come down, think they have the strength advantage, and then the weight you know. cut is just too much. And you never know until you get into the fight. You can practice a weight cut, but... It's practice. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. You you're just practicing the weight cut. You're not going in and having a fight after the weight cut. You yeah, know? and you don't really know how well you're gonna perform. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Those big weight cuts are they can get you. They really can. Yeah. Or just not cutting weight right. You know, just not doing it correctly and just not rehydrating correctly. Things like that. And next up, we got another striking fight. Chris Curtis versus Joaquin Buckley. Chris is actually a BJJ purple belt. He was a pro boxer, even though he only had like a couple of pro fights, I think. He's got 14 KOs, three subs. Man, dude, this dude's got some hands. I mean, uh, he's got a really solid jab. Um, he's kind of a little less active, though. I, I, I would like to see more out of him uh just kind of throw a little bit more per minute uh joaquin he's got 11 ko's um this dude is known for his crazy highlight reels um i, I think this is a good gonna be a good striking match um joaquin buckley is favored in this fight but i just think it's because he has these crazy striking ko's man I, chris is the underdog but honestly I'm picking him to win, man. I I think Chris is gonna beat him. I think I think Chris is gonna gonna get a knockout on Joaquin. Oof, that's a yeah, no bold move, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off. So with this one, yeah, I think they're gonna have that gentleman agreement too. Like, let's yeah. just stand and bang. Uh, Chris Curtis lands almost six strikes per minute. Compared to Joaquin's, you know, 3.61 is the number. But the difference between Joaquin and Curtis is range management. Mm -hmm. Curtis pushes forward. Joaquin, you know, the Enziguri style knockout is very flashy and unpredictable. And I think that's going to be the difference. I think he's not going to let it be a regular. Uh, striking match. He's going to mix up his weird style and it's going to catch Curtis. Make him a little hesitant. And I think that's going to be the factor that plays in and Joaquin's going to get the win. Okay. I like it. I like it. Getting attacked over here. Yeah, I see. <laughs> the neighbor has a roof on the ladder and he's freaking out about it. What's going on? <laughs> Alright, next fight, we got Edmund Shabazian versus Dolce Lungambula. 
So Edmund, you know, he was the the talk of the town. He was the next big thing, and honestly, we all, we, you know, most of us knew his coach wasn't the best fit for him. He's very talented, but his coach is very one-sided. Uh, Ronda Rousey's coach. He left. He's now with Extreme Couture. He's yeah. been there for, I believe, a year now. And, you know, Dolch is a judo fighter, which matches up well with Shabazian. And I think, you know, three fight losing streak for both these fighters. So I think, you know, Dolchin needs it more than Edmund in popularity and staying on the UFC roster. But unfortunately for him, it's not going to work his way. I got Edmund taking this one. You do? Switching it up. Yeah. It's his pace. Like, for, you know, 185, he's got a really good pace management. Yeah, dudes. Yeah, yeah, man, and man, like like you said, man, he was once like the top prospect in all of MMA. I mean, he's a black belt in Shotokan Karate. He's got nine KOs, one sub. He was Ronda's protege. Um, yeah, yeah, I think this would be a good striking match. Doctor uh, is a boxer. He's got three KOs, three subs. Um, he pushes the pace. Um, his stand-up's on point. Like in that Cody Brundage fight, man, he was he was honestly taking it to Cody Brundage, and Cody got uh, with that standing guillotine. Um, he just kind of had his head down, and, and just got caught. Um, but like you said, both these guys are on a losing streak. Um, I, I feel like Ed Ed doesn't doesn't really want it, you know. I mean, he he wants to be there, but it just doesn't seem like he wants to be a world champion. Um, it seems like he can be broken sometimes in a fight, and, and I, I I think Dolch is yeah, like you said, if he lose, if he loses, he's probably gonna get released. To whereas Ed probably won't get released if he loses. Um, so, do you think the hunger for Edmund was Jim Colger? Or do you think it's just, like, the way he acts and carries himself pre-fight? The, the way he acts and carries himself. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, he's a great fighter, and he's got great power, but it seems like that that he is just a fighter because he's good at it, not because he wants to be. It's that he, he became a fighter just because that's what he was good at. Not because he's in love with the sport, not because he's diehard passionate, want to give his life to be a world champion. I just don't see that in him. I just don't. When I look at him, when I watch him fight, um, you know, like dude's got all the talent in the world, but but I, I think something in a, in his heart is missing in the yeah. fight game. Um, I think Dolch is going to win. He's an underdog in this fight as well, but I think Dolch is winning this fight. Ooh. Yeah. All right, you got the next one? I can't remember. Now, all right, next up, I always do that. We have Raul Rosas Jr. versus Jay Perrin. Raul, if you don't know, he's the youngest dude ever to fight. Um, 
in the UFC, maybe in all of MMA general. I don't know. He's 17. I don't know. He might be 18 now. But it's, it's on Dana White Contender Series. Man, for this dude being 17, uh, man, he's he's undefeated. He's got some heart. He's got heart, and he has good fight IQ. He knows positions. He knows what to do. He knows how to change positions. Uh, I mean, he showed some amazing talent already to me. Um, Jay Perrin, he's got two KOs, four subs. He's a karate. Um, I, I feel like this is a lose-lose situation for Jay, almost, honestly. Because if he wins, he beat the 17-year-old. If he loses, he lost to the 17-year-old. Um, it's kind of a tough predicament, and I almost kind of feel bad for Jay. But um, I, I think Raw's going to win this fight, man. I think Raw's going to come. He's hungry. He wants that shit. I mean, if you look at his face, at 17, his face is more messed up than mine. You know, and mine's starting to get pretty messed up. My nose and my cheek, and that dude's, you know, like, compare him to Ed. Like, he wants it, bro. That's been in the will, shit. <laughs> yeah. That dude will give his life to be a champion. I'm like, he will literally go brain dead and, you know, have dementia and be shaky when he's older. But he's going to be a world champion. Yeah. And I, on the other hand, you know, uh, he loves, he likes fighting. He, he might love it, but, but I don't think he wants to give his life for it. Yeah. I like I like how you say, you know, it's a lose lose for Jay Perrin. Like, you know, if he wins a lot of people are like, Oh, you beat a kid. Right. But it also goes back to like Raul, you know, if he loses then everyone's like, Oh, you weren't ready. You're you're just a kid. This mm-hmm. is a man's sport and yep. after watching his contender series when he threw a flying knee, pulled back and went straight into a high double leg it just shows the level of fight IQ and it's going to be tough for Perrin you know, he, he is more of a striker which he's got pretty decent takedown defense but Raul's he's young he's hungry and he's really got one opportunity to prove I I am ready for this big step in competition. And I think Jay's a perfect test uh, for this. And I agree with you. I think Rosa, is, he's going to pass the test. And I think he's going to get a second-round finish. I'm rooting for you, Rosa. All right. Next fight we got is Jorginho Rosenstruck versus Chris Dacus. Rosenstruck, you know, he's a kickboxing powerhouse. He's got really good footwork and really good timing. And Dacus is a BJJ black belt. But he's he's a powerful striker. But his defense, it lacks. It seems that he blocks more punches with his face than he does with his hands. But both fighters are on a two-fight losing streak. Obviously, Rosenstruck's losing streak are, you know top five where Doc's losing streak are not. So this will be a good fight for Rosenstruck to get back on the winning track. I'm not saying Docus can't get it done, but I'm saying Docus isn't going to be able to get this one done. I got Rosenstruck in this. Yeah. 
Yeah, I like Jit. Jar man, dude. Like he said, he was a kickboxer. His record was seventy six eight and one as a kickboxer. I mean, just to have that many fights is amazing to me. And then out of twelve MMA fights, he has eleven KOs. Uh, like you said, Chris is a BJJ black belt though, so you know, if he could get him to the, could get Dorizo to the ground, maybe he could have some issues. I think if I he does get him to the ground. If it's in the later rounds, if they make it that far, that's... But I think Rosenstruck's just too strong that he'll just buck him off. Okay, nice, nice. You think Chris won't be able to hold him down? Yeah. Sweet, sweet. Yeah, I, I like you said, I think Chris has a puncher's chance, but uh, I think Jorito is going to win this one. Uh, yeah, I, I think... I think what happened with the Dawkins brothers is they performed really well against lower level guys and they, they got pushed up too far too quick. Yeah. Um, neither one of them got time to properly build and develop and, and learn from fighting experience and they got pushed into the top 10, top 5 too soon. Um, and that sucks, you know? But yeah, yeah, I think Jurassic is winning. All right, next up, my boy Bryce Mitchell, uh, Tennessee, next to surrogate, no, next to, he's from Arkansas, next to Tennessee, first Illa Tuporia, man, Bryce Mitchell, man, I've been following this dude's career since he was an amateur fighting for V3 uh, back in the day, man, like, Bryce Mitchell is, is the truth, dude, he's a BJJ black belt, he's got nine subs, He's a great, amazing wrestler. I mean, he will always be able to take you down. But dude thinks the earth is flat. <laughs> uh, Ilya, man, he's a BJJ black belt. He's got four KOs, seven subs. He's undefeated. He's a Greco-Roman wrestler. What is a Greco-Roman wrestler? I'm glad you asked. Greco-Roman wrestling just means wrestling with no touch below the hips. It means you can't grab the legs, you can't use the legs to trip. It's all grabs from above the hip and using your upper body strength to get to take somebody down. Um, that being said, this, this could per make for an interesting matchup between the two of them. Uh, honestly, dude, uh, I'm... I'm I'm having a hard time picking in, in this fight because I really like Bryce Mitchell, but I, I know how good Ilya Topora is as well. Um, it's really hard, but I think Bryce will be his usual self and grind out the win, honestly. Yeah, he stole it from me. I was going to introduce him as Bryce the Flat Earther Mitchell. <laughs> But even though he says he has proof and he wants to go at Joe Rogan, I really want him to win just so we can see what the post-fight interview is with <laughs> Joe like, Rogan. Yes. Oh, man. Uh, but like you said, you know, Ilya is he's amazing with his takedowns, and a lot of grapplers have issues with his takedowns because they are more of the top of the body takedowns and not the, you know, you can't sprawl when they've got you shouldered up. 
Right. But, you know, Bryce, BJJ black belt, grappler. I did notice the UFC has him as 15 and 1, but everywhere else I look, it has him at 15 or 16 and 0. So I'm pretty sure they're both undefeated. Huh. Yeah. When I seen that, I was like, what? So, you know, Google tells me that he's undefeated. But he might not be. I can't trust Google. Yeah, you, you never know anymore, honestly. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, record, records are incomplete, you know. Yeah, it, it could be one of those Sugar Sean moments where, you know, he in his mind he didn't lose. Right, right. But with this fight, I think Mitchell's pace and his, not really his pace, but his pressure, I think that's going to be the swaying factor. And he's going to have control. He's going to get do a little more damage than Ilya, and he's going to get a victory. Flat Earth, stay flat for one more day. <laughs> flat Earth wins another fight. <laughs> Speaking of Flat Earth, uh, I just came across the Logan Paul mockumentary. Hilarious. Oh, my God. It, it is hilarious. I'm going to have to watch that, dude. Next fight, we got Darren Till versus Dreykus Duplessis. That's a tongue twister of a name. Oh, right. I was going to, I would have said it wrong. <laughs> I would have said it wrong until I heard uh, Bisping say it on the fight this weekend. Yeah. Darren Till is a Muay Thai fighter, and he's done, he's not done the best in his last fights. But it's interesting that he has now buddied up with Hamza. And, you know, he's yeah. one of the main training partners of Hamza. And you know that that's going to rub off on Till in a way. And yeah. I feel sorry if Plessis tries to take him down because I don't think Till, you know, obviously he probably gets taken down by Hamza, but I don't think Till's going to be as easy to get down as he was in the past. Uh... You know, Drickus on paper matches up really well with Till. He's he's 5-0 and in his last five, where Till's 1-4 and in his last five. But I think Till's going to get it done. He's got a little more octagon experience, and I'm, I'm going with Till on this one. Interesting. Man, I... Darren Till is BJJ Purple Belt. He's got great Muay Thai. He's got great Muay Thai that he's adapted to the sport of MMA as well, um, which I really like. He's got 10 KOs, two subs. Like you said, he's lost four out of his last five fights. He's kind of in a tough spot. He's really good with his range, man. He sets up his jabs. He sets up his shots really well using his jabs, and and, and it's very effective. Uh Strikis, he's a kickboxer, like you said, seven KOs, but he's got nine subs. Um, uh, even with Darren Till training with Hasman and, and that, um, just looking at at his recent streak of fights and Drakis's, um, I, I think I'm pick, I'm going to pick Duplessis to win Ooh. this fight. Don't think Darren Till's gonna pull it off, man. Um, if he wins this fight, though, I see Darren Till coming back. Um, I, I, I just feel like something happened to him, man. There's just something. 
there's something wrong that he just can't quite figure out and he just keeps falling short but dude has amazing skill like dude is so talented bro and and he wants it he has the heart i mean he'll he he's given his life to this sport it's just there's just some kind of thing missing that he can't quite get but but if he wins this fight if he beats Drakeless, he he's gonna be on a comeback for sure but i just think Drakeless is is too strong um i mean dude's gonna come up i i think dude might even be a champion someday honestly um i think the ufc kind of screwed till a little bit because he was you know the next michael bisping he was gonna take over for england and they kind of pushed him to the top level and didn't really let him not test him, but didn't give him the slow steps. Yeah, he's another one of those guys. That, yeah, second or third fight in, he was fighting a top ten guy, and yeah, I just think I that broke his confidence. Right, there's not many people that can do that, you know. Yeah, there's not, like Cosmo. There's only a handful of people that can jump from twenty to the top ten. Yeah, you know, it just it's not it's not realistic. It takes years and years to develop skills. You know, and most of the time people are still developing when they get to the UFC. Uh, you know, like Cosmo was already really well developed. So he was over, over experienced before he got there. Yeah, that's why he was able to. Yeah, the John Jones, Henry Cejudo, but Cejudo was groomed right. for that. Olympic. Yeah, him and Cormier. You can't really count them because they had all the. You know, facing high-level people at 18, but like John Jones, you can even say O'Malley, uh, you know, Connor, yeah, yeah, you know, Hamza. But like you said, you know, a handful of guys and Darren Till just wasn't ready, and I think that broke his confidence a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it broke his confidence. Yep, yep, yep for sure. I like that. Uh oh, this next one. Yeah. You got it? You ready? Robbie Waller, man, I always Uh-oh. forget. Uh-oh. Robbie Waller is Santiago Ponzanizable. I probably said that wrong, my bad, bro. Man, Robbie Lawler, man, everybody. If you are know anything about fighting, you know who Robbie Lawler is. Man, he was a champion. Dude's been around. He's fought in a ton of organizations. 21K dogs. Man, one sub. Dude's got power. He's got emotion. He's got grit. Um, uh, what, what's, what I find interesting about Robbie Roller, though, is like he usually starts off really strong. This is only a three-round fight, so you probably won't see it as much. But like in his five-round fights, Robbie always starts really strong. And then like in the middle, he kind of like takes off around, eases up. And then he finishes strong again to like make a good impression on the judge. And it seems like he always does that. Um, I just find that interesting about him. Santiago is a BJJ black belt. He's got 17 KOs, six subs. Santiago, he's kind of in a bit of a rough patch himself with a few losses. Um, Santiago is favored to win this fight by by a lot, honestly. He's like negative four or three hundred or something like that. Um, uh, I guess it just all depends on what Robbie Lawler we get. 
Um, it, sometimes it just seems like Robbie Lawler doesn't show up to fight. Yeah. Um, everybody has their off days, you know, especially as, as long as he's been doing it. Some days you show up to work and you just don't want to work, man, you know. We're all human. I get it. Uh, I'm hoping Robbie comes in hard. I feel like Robbie's probably getting towards the end of his career, uh, maybe even the, the end of his contract. Maybe not. He probably has a lot of fights on his contract. I don't know. But I, I, I feel like he's since he's getting more and more towards the end of his career, he's he's going to want to keep that in mind, and he's going to try and go out with a bang and not lackluster performances. So I'm picking Robbie to win. So do you think Santiago is a favorite because Robbie Lawler is 40? Um, I, I think age. How old is Santiago? Uh... I want to say he is, let me pull it up, but I'm pretty sure he's 36, I think. I mean, they're oh, both up there, but 36. Anytime there's, anytime there's like a 10-year age gap in between, the older, the younger person is always going to be favored. Yeah. Um, it, it seems like. Um, genuinely. Um, I, I have a hard time trying to try to figure out why he was favored because he's coming off a loss to um I just think they're probably looking at I mean Santiago had a great performance against uh uh Michael Piero. Yes. Uh, I mean that was a great fight, honestly. Yeah. Um and if you compare that to like some of Robbie's last performances I think that's probably why he's the favorite. Yeah. I think, you know, Robbie, obviously, Nate Diaz, you know, the rematch. But in that fight, right when the bell rang, it's like, oh, Nate doesn't want to be there. You know, the Robbie Lawler, Ben Askren, did he tap, did he not? He's had a lot of questionable fights, but he's still at 40 fighting you know the top guys and every time when he has a good outing he wins when he has a bad day in the office you know it doesn't go his way Santiago he does like to grapple I don't know if this is Robbie Lawler's retirement fight but it's not a good matchup in the sense of you know Santiago's level of grappling but I would love to see Robbie win, but I, I really think Ponzinibbio is going to get a finish. Yeah, yeah. May, I'm probably just picking Robbie, Robbie because I like him, honestly, which is bad. You know, it's so hard not to with him. Yeah, it's so hard. Don't don't bet on this fight. Don't bet on Robbie because you like him. Yeah. This next fight, you know. A couple weeks ago, I was like, oh, this is going to be a cakewalk. But then, like, looking into it and the way, like, it's Patty Pimblay versus Jared Gordon. Yeah. You know, Patty seems to be dismissing Jared Gordon. You know, he's talking shit to Jake Paul. And it's like, yeah, you fought Jordan Levitt, who is good, but he's not at your level. Jared Gordon is a perfect matchup to test Patty. This one got moved up as co-main event. And 
Jared Gordon really has more to lose than Patty. Because, you know, Patty wins, he keeps his ascension. You know, he's going to continue to grow. You could be the guy that says, don't doubt me, you know, doubt me now. And Patty has a tendency of getting hit, getting wobbled, and then starting to fight. And Jared Gordon has that power that he might not have the, oh, I, I got wobbled, now I got to start fighting. Yeah. You know, he's... He's only that. He's more of a decision fighter, but he still has that power that can sit you down, and he's got that pressure that isn't gonna let you, you know, remove the cobwebs. Yeah. But I think Patty's gonna do what Patty has done, and he's gonna get a win. Don't doubt Jared Gordon. I can't believe he was like Jared. Who? Right, dude. He's like you're right, dude. He completely. Has just like don't, but maybe, maybe that's part of the, like his mental warfare tactics of of trying to get in his head because I I, I saw a bunch of that too. He's like, oh no, who who's he gonna? I saw a few things. One of them was like, who is Jared gonna bring in to, to train to match my style? Can't nobody can match my style. Uh, I'm so unorthodox. And then yeah, Jared who and. Yeah. But yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Like, damn, bro, you are like, has he gotten full of himself? Yeah. Or, or is it like a mental warfare type of thing? But yeah, yeah. Uh, Patty is a BJJ black belt. Jerry Gordon's a BJJ brown belt. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't think Jerry is one to be dismissed by no means at all. But yeah, Patty always just seems to pull it off, man. I don't know how he does it. But yeah, I think if Jared does get a good, lands a good shot on him, he definitely can finish him for sure. I I think one thing about Patty is he's been so, like you know before he even came to the UFC, he was selling out the O2 Arena in a regional level card, and I just think that the amount of pressure just doesn't get to him because he's so polarizing that he's dealt with it his entire career. Yeah, true, true. Yeah, yeah. Way bigger than Connor. He's born to be a star. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. It's yeah, I mean, it's hard to deal with, you know. Yeah. It, it is. It really is. He's, you know, ring he's still humble. He rings someone's doorbell because he couldn't pick up his dog's poop and just, you know, wanted to let him know and ask for water. So, Good for him. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I yeah. What what do you think happens to Patty if he loses though? Does that does that really wreck his name or is it just a minor setback, you think? I think for him it's just a minor setback because he's not fighting ranked guys yet that yeah. they're setting him up that if he does stumble, it's an easier build up. You know, you give Jared a, a top 10 guy. If he wins, then, you know, he goes. Where you give Patty another unranked guy, he wins. Now you give him a top 10 guy. Yeah, right. That makes sense. Yeah, they're, they're really doing the slow build with Patty, which is good. Yeah, yeah, that's smart. That's, maybe they finally learned some lessons. Maybe not. Yeah. I don't know. And maybe they really 
maybe the guys that they did throw in there, they really thought did have the talent to to um, excel at that level, and they just realized that maybe not, you know. Yeah. Well, I think this is the first one that kind of matches well with Patty, you know, the grappling, because, you know, be black belt, brown belt, where Levitt was a wrestler, not much, a, I think he was a blue belt, so. Yeah. So yeah. They're, they're starting to get him to top-level guys, and everyone that he's fought does have, you know, knockout potential, so. They're testing him, but they're testing him to his advantages and not his disadvantages. Right. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Yep. Yeah. All right. In the main event, for the strap, it's the championship time for the vacant one, actually. Jan Blahovich versus Magomedov Ankalaev. Yeah, um... Like you said, Jerry, Jerry, you you were the one that notified me. Jerry uh, vacated the belt. I was like, what? What? I, that's that's good on him. That's that's cool. Kind of weird at the same time. Uh, good on him. But now we get this fight for the strap. Man, Jan, he just had this title not that long ago. He lost it. He's a BJJ black belt. He's got Muay Thai. He's got nine KOs. Nine subs. Magomed is a Sambo master. Like, he's officially a master at Sambo. Nine KOs, one sub. He's also a Greco Roman wrestler. Um, his style, he doesn't really look to finish you, though. Um, his style is more of takedown and ground and pound, which is very similar to Jan's style as well. He looks for the takedown and ground and pound. I'm very interested to see how these two present that does that mean this is going to turn into more of a striking match between the two maybe (laughs) yeah yeah or is one of them gonna always be looking for a takedown probably not maybe uh you you know magomed could probably be looking more for takedowns than striking as where jan's gonna be striking more and less takedowns um this is a, a really good matchup, honestly. Um, it sucks that I'm going first on it because I have yet to pick someone to win this fight. Um, I really, I really am having a hard time trying to pick a winner in this. So I'm gonna let you go first. All right. So with Yuri, you know, shows how much heart he has to identify his. I believe he already had the surgery, and it's you know six to nine month recovery time, and he didn't want to hold up the division. They actually offered Glover Magomed, and he said, "No, I'm good. It's too much difference and training, and too short of a time." So, with that, we have you know Jan, who's got the Polish power. Like you said, nine wins, sub nine win KO, and we got Magomed who. He's got good striking. For if they both decide to stand up, this is not going to be a Ben Askren uh, versus Damian Maya striking battle. Right. This will be a good, you know, straight up the middle jabs, hooks, uppercuts. Magomed has that pressure 
that I think he's going to march forward and he's going to put Jan on his back foot. Jan isn't a counter-striker, and if he gets against that cage, Magomed's going to lay on him, you know, wear on him, get him to the ground, go to the ground and pound. And I just think after three, four rounds, then he's going to start opening up on his striking. And I, I got Magomed to become the second Dagestani champion this year. Nice, nice. Cool. Yeah, you think he's going to grind it out, be able to get the takedowns on Jan. Yeah, I, I can see him getting some takedowns, honestly, uh, on Jan. Yeah. I, I like Jan. Like, he's, he's got that power. And and he's, a, he's an amazing fighter, honestly. But, um, hmm. What if... I wonder, wonder what happens if he gets hurt again, though, too, honestly, during the fight. Um, what the honor. If, yeah. Didn't... No, it was, it was uh, Rakic that got hurt against Jan. Uh, when he pulled his leg back. That's yeah. What That's right, okay. Yeah, 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 okay. Yeah, so... No worries there. I still, yeah, oof. Yeah, I think you're right. I think Magomed's gonna win. Yeah. I'd like I'd like to see Jan, Jan win, but yeah, he probably, he probably won't be able to deal with that pressure that well, so. Yeah, because even when he fought Izzy, when, you know, the first couple of rounds when Izzy was pushing forward, Jan was having trouble getting his timing down. And then he shot for the takedown, you know, got it easily, obviously. Not because Izzy can't defend a takedown, but because, you know, the weight difference and the momentum. But once he got Izzy down, Izzy kind of – that was the moment that the fight shifted in Jan's favor. Yeah. Izzy was pushing forward and then boom. Jan was like, oh, I could take him down. And so I think a little of that – Helped Dion with his takedown accuracy, and I don't think that's going to work with Magomed. And Magomed's not going to dive across the cage to get you down. Right. <laughs> this is like the best matchup on the card because they both have the power. They both have the you know grappling. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a good main event for sure. Yeah, and they're both. Like, their stats on UFC, 3.5, 3.64 for strikes landed per minute, 2.7 to 2.14 for strikes absorbed per minute. Very, very close. Everything is, like, within, you know, uh, just like, poof, just a little bit. Yeah, yeah, that makes for a good fight, for sure. And it's going to, I think it's going to be five rounds. I don't. If there is a finish, it'll be probably third, fourth round. But I really think these two guys are going to have 25 minutes of just war. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to it for sure. Yeah. And then I think that, I mean, obviously the last big card. I think we have, what, one more event this year after? Yeah, what is it? It's like the Strickland fight? Yeah, Cannoneer versus Strickland. Yeah, yeah. I think that closes out the year. Yep. I don't know. 
not very exciting main event, honestly. I don't know. Strickland kind of was not that's, that impressive. It's really the only, like, the rest of the card, it's okay, but not many fan favorite names. You got, you know, obviously Bruce Leroy, Alex Corsaris against Julian Erosa. That'll be a good one, but other than that, it's a lot of up and comers getting their shine on. Yeah. Sometimes it makes for good fights, though, you know, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, after we got these next two weeks, and then we have almost a month off. Wow. Yeah, January 14th is the next one after the 17th of December. Dang, that's crazy. Yeah. Holiday shutdown, I guess. Yeah. It's good that they do that, though, because it does give the fighters time to, you know, spend with their family. Right, right. Yeah, it gives them time to take an actual real break. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, cool. Well, that was the UFC 282 analysis and prediction by Two Dudes and a Cage. We hope you win some money. Man, our last event, we picked them all. We're, we're getting better at this. We're getting good. We're, we're, we're dialing it in. Uh, we hope you keep watching. We hope you keep subscribing. Uh, uh, we're happy that you're checking us out. Yeah, we appreciate it. Yeah. Comment below and let's have some fun. Yeah, yeah, comment. We need more interaction. So let us know what you think. But just don't talk crap because we talk crap back. Yes, we do. <laughs> All right, two dudes in a cage. Peace.